Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that wants everyone to know that he's broke all of his New Year's resolutions and a few commandments. It's Dale. <laughs> That's right. Get this shit over with. <laughs> That's right. He's just going to break everything. That's right. Just go for it, man. Go for it. Break all the rules. <laughs> so what's going on, man? What's going on with you? Same old, same old. Oh, back in the Crack House doing an episode. Man, I can't wait. Yeah, we got a good one today. We got a dang good one. Yeah. Speaking of good ones, you got any good shout outs? I do, man. Check this out. Oh, man. That's the kind of clap I like. <laughs> okay, we have a new... Apple Five Star Podcast Review. Are you ready? Bring it on, dude. Bring this it on. comes from our good friend, listener954. Wow. Yeah. How about that? says, good listening, exclamation point. Stumbled onto this gym. Well-researched. Varied. Good chemistry between the host. Really, really good. Thanks, two, guys. Two reallys. Two reallys. Whoa. This is a double really. Oh. We're double really good. Man. Give me a new slogan. Double really good. We're double, double really good. Double really good. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Yeah, that sounds like a good shirt. That's right. We're double really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much, listener 954. We appreciate you going on there on our New Year's Eve and dropping us one. And if anybody else wants to be like listener 954 and go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review, please write something in that box and we'll get a notification and you will get a shout out. That's right, because we love it. Yep. We love it. We love that's, you and thanks so much. That's for, how it works. For giving us a little bit of time there. Yep. Anybody wants to go to the store page and give them a shirt, a t-shirt, some kind of mug. A hoodie. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. Get you something. Help support the crack house. Keep the lights on. We sure appreciate it. We really will. Every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. If you just want to sling us 2 or $3 through the PayPal, we can, we'll take that. Then. Yeah. There's a link on our website, the gas button. Yeah. Uh, fill up the gas tank. Fill up the gas tank and we'll, we'll put it toward a, a bill. That's right. <laughs> That's right, dude. Other than that, we're going to get going on this episode, dude. Because we've got a good one. Yes, we do. Because, you know, we've been highly invested in Asia Degrees case. Yep. This is local to us. And we, Very much so. We are just invested in her case and trying to get more exposure to it. And, and make, hit it, we're trying to hit it at all angles, you know. We really are. Yeah. And we... She deserves it all. Yeah. yeah. We have a special guest with us tonight. His name is Mark Davis. He is retired sergeant from the Cleveland County Sheriff's Department. And he has some insight on Asia Degrees' case, and he has agreed to be on the show. Awesome. And we're just going to welcome him to the show. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all having me. We appreciate you a whole big bunch. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it is. Uh, before we get going, Mark, um, tell us a little bit more about you and uh, Cleveland County Sheriff's Department and what all you did for the department. Okay. I started my career at the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office in 1991. Uh, during my tenure at the sheriff's office, I served under four different sheriffs. Uh, uh, I served as a patrol officer, a narcotics investigator, a patrol supervisor, uh, courthouse security supervisor, uh, detention administrator, and I finished my career as the civil division, uh, administrator. Okay. And I've lived in Cleveland County my whole life. Um, still live here well you know a lot of the ins and outs about the cleveland county sheriff's department and and some stuff we're going to talk about tonight oh yeah yeah i, I have a, a little bit of knowledge about <laughs> okay. it. but uh you reached out to me and uh said you'd listen to the show and listen to several episodes we had done on asia degree and yeah. you have some more information that you want to share with us but uh get us started on the beginning of where you got started in the Asia degree case. I mean, you talked the other day, but just uh, start with that, you know, what you told me the other day. All right. I was the patrol supervisor. Uh, I was a patrol sergeant at the time. Uh, my lieutenant at the time was actually Alan Norman, our sheriff now. Mm-hmm. He had taken the day off, so I had the shift by myself as the only supervisor working that day. Uh, we normally got to the office about 6.30 in the morning to begin a shift briefing. And when I rolled into the office that morning, was preparing my paperwork, the supervisor's phone rang, and it was communications. And they said they had a missing child up off 18 North, and uh, the parents wasn't able to find her. And, of course, you know, a missing child that was Asia's age was concerning, especially that time of morning. 
and we had had the bad storm the night before. And one of the things from my past experiences I had seen was children that age, if they get scared during the night, they'll hide. And so I picked two of my senior officers that had been with the sheriff's office a good while. And I said, I, what y'all want y'all to do is go up there and tear that house apart. I said, I want you to get permission from the family. I said, my feelings is that child will be hiding somewhere in that house. Hmm. And so they responded and they called me back in about 30 minutes. And they said, Sergeant, we can't find this child anywhere. And so my, I guess, blood pressure went way up because that means something's bad wrong. Right. And so I told them, I said, I'm on my way up there. And I passed my captain in the hall. And he said, Mark, he said, I want searchers on the ground. He said, I want them on the ground as soon as you can put them there. And so the sheriff's office and the fire marshal's office has a real good working relationship in Cleveland County. And the fire marshal office in Cleveland County does all of the ground searches for, like, missing people. They coordinate with all the fire departments and rescue squads. And so I got a hold of, I believe it was Dewey Cook. I know Dewey Cook. Yeah. You probably know Dewey. Oh, yeah. Good fellow. And uh, so Dewey said, Mark, I'll get you searchers on the ground. So I responded up to to Aisha's mother and father's house and met with my officers. And they told me, you know, what they had done so far. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation, I'm sure, about the parents. But uh, Aisha's mother and father was exactly what I in my mind, expect if my child was missing, you know, they were reacting the way you would expect parents to react. Uh, they, they were upset. They, her, you know, her mother was crying. Her father was deeply concerned. He was almost in tears. So I, I, my, my real beliefs is, is, you know, that she had gone and, and did like they said, she had just walked out of that house. And so I had a canine officer and I started a canine searching for, her. uh, first thing I did when I got on the ground there. So I deployed a canine and put the canine on the ground mm-hmm. and the canine searched sort of diagonally across her backyard and went towards the intersection of where Moles Church is. That's Moles, what, Moles Chapel Church? Is yes, that it? that's it, yeah. yeah. It sort of went in a diagonal direction across the backyards and, and yards of the houses and intersected right there. And and we assume that she got on to the edge of the highway and started walking. Now, canines are great at tracking through vegetation and dirt but not the greatest thing on pavement, especially you got to think it rained a lot that night. Mm -hmm, A lot of cars travel up and down 18. And so they don't do as well. We knew that she went to that intersection and then we lost her scent. Mm. And so we couldn't determine from there, you know, the, the canine officers kept what they call casting the dog, taking the dog and making wider, wider circles. Yeah but it just couldn't pick anything else back up. So by, I'm going to say nine, eight, eight o'clock, probably I had 75 to hundred people on the ground, actually searching fields, neighborhoods. We were going door to door. The officers were going door to door. We knocked on every door in that neighborhood. Uh, we did everything that, everything that I could think of in my mind to do search for that child we did i had a three-year-old myself at the time and so you know it 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 touched home for me yeah Uh, but uh you know even though the parents were displaying everything that that you want to see you still have to investigate you still you still can't just take their word for it. You have to go in behind them and investigate. Of course, yeah. Right. yeah. And one of the things that I personally did that morning was I went over and, and talked to Harold, and I said, you know, we need to search your vehicles. And he immediately just handed me his keys and said, have at it. And so I went out in the yard myself. I raised the hood on each car, 
and I put my hands on to the manifold in the engine. Those cars were ice cold. They had not been cranked. Mm. And that, you know, that tells me, you know, everything that they've told me up to this point that sort of reiterated, you know, they hadn't been out in their cars. And so, you know, that made me feel a little bit better about their story. But they have been investigated so much. And I really do feel for Thrace's parents. You know, I think, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people speculate, but I've never seen a reason to say what, that they did anything wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And I've seen other children in my career. A lot of people want to know, you know, why did they should leave? And sometimes children make mistakes just like we do as adults. They make wrong decisions. And I think Asia made a wrong decision that morning to leave out. And I've asked myself that question a million times, and I've never come to a good answer for it. Mm. So y'all went door to door in that neighborhood. Um, Did you find anybody or did you talk to anybody that was questionable at the time that you wanted to investigate more? Did everybody seem on the up and up? That morning, initially, we were doing inter- you know short interviews. Hey, have you seen anything? Do you mind if we go look in your outbuildings? Short short interviews. It's not anything that would be in, that you would really consider investigative. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just knock on the door, see if anybody's at home. We made notes about every house that we went to, if we got someone to the door, things like that. After about eight o'clock in the morning, we passed everything from the patrol division over to our CID or criminal investigative division. And so they would have taken up those detailed interviews with, with people. We didn't find this forest patrol. Everybody that we had come to the door, they agreed with everything that we asked them. Oh, sure. Go look in my buildings. You know, sure. Look under my house. Yeah. You know, so they, the neighbors were, very cooperative that morning but we were in the immediate neighborhood you know the you know that's a very small neighborhood probably what 25 houses and all right yes, yeah, little section. yeah several little duplexes right through there <clears throat> yeah several little duplexes little single story dwellings yeah and everybody that we encountered was just you know anything they could do to help us that was that's good that's good to know yeah yeah, because we had got uh, an, a tip from somebody, well, not really a tip, but they, somebody had uh, sent us a message one time saying they thought somebody who lived across the street was kind of a sketchy guy and had done some stuff, but uh, I don't know. From my memory, I do remember, there's a little trailer park across 18 there. Yeah. And I remember that there was some speculation that morning of like a sex offender or something that lived in that trailer park. And I do remember... I sent three officers, and they tore his house apart. There was nothing that we could find in his house. You know, he he's not your normal citizen. He's a sex offender. We got a little more rights. Right. Yeah. He let us in. We had, you know, if he was on probation or parole, we had their parole officer up there. And we went through his residence with a fine-tooth comb and didn't find anything that morning. And he let y'all, I mean, he didn't have any problem or anything. He, was he didn't have any problem. Very cooperative. Yeah, cooperative. Okay. Were there any other sex offenders around that area at the time? You know, how, how far did, did you guys uh, fan out as far as looking for sex offenders? Do you remember? The uh, the initial search would probably have been within a, about a two-mile radius mm-hmm. that morning. You know, we were, we were more concentrated on looking, you know, down the sides of the roads, going, going down each road. Later that day, we expanded into the fields in that area, and we did grid searches, walking grid searches. You know, we had 100-plus people by the end of the day, and we would take them out and, you know, literally arm's length apart and did grid searches and walk the fields looking for anything, clothing, book bags, you know, whatever we could find, you know, trash on the side of the road, mm-hmm. anything that we could would come across, checking abandoned whales, things like that. 
I know uh, Dale was on his way to work that morning. It was, what, about 6.30, quarter, quarter yeah. to 7? Yeah, because we had to start work at 7, so and, uh, you had to be somewhere in there. And uh, he was up there, I guess, at, uh, where the uh, the road turns into four lane. It was Actually, it was uh-huh. right down near Turner's. Right there at Zion Church Road. Well, yeah. actually, at, uh, where Turner's was. Turner's. They had a roadblock there. Yeah, right about. Yeah, it turns up on about Turner's, yeah. Yeah, they had a roadblock right there uh, stopping people, asking if yeah. they'd, they'd yeah. seen anything. Yeah, and yeah. I all rolled up, and I'm like, why in the heck are they having their license checked this morning? And But yep. uh, when I pulled, rolled up, he said, I don't need your license. I'm just looking. We're looking for a little girl. And I was like, oh, my God. And he's, like, yeah. shining a car, a light around in my car. And I'm like, check what you need, you know. But it's kind of blew my mind because you just don't expect that. Yeah. Like I said, we were, we were, you know, everything that we knew to do that morning, we were trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Sounds very thorough to me, yeah. Yeah. We, we wanted to be. Yeah. As thorough as we could. Uh, at what point did you guys uh, reach out to the or the media get involved, like the newspaper or, or anything like that? And, they were on the ground probably by nine o'clock. We had the search crews there by eight, and I remember there was a couple of those, like the satellite trucks, I call them. Yeah, uh, the antennas up in there. They were there broadcasting. You know. We made them stand off from the house, away from uh, the house and things like that. But uh, they were there fairly early. And, and we had a, you know, we had it broadcast that we were looking for Asia. And that actually came back to our advantage later in the day, you know, with the local news media. You have to think this was still, you know, cell phones were there but they wasn't a popular item. Not right. everybody had a cell phone in 2000. Right. You know, nowadays we all have one in our pocket. Yeah, that's right. So what but, was what was some of the first tips that came in you guys had, had gotten? Well, I mean, you know, we would have, you know, probably some of the first things would roll in, you know, I'm always suspicious of so-and-so, you know, and we would go investigate those things. But about lunchtime that day, uh, or a little after lunch, I think it's probably closer to around two o'clock, maybe. Uh, I was in the sheriff's office. I had went back to the sheriff's office doing reports or checking, you know, administrative type things that I had to get done. Mm-hmm. And they called me from the control room and said, "There's a gentleman out here wanting to give you information on Asia Degree," and say. So, I walked around the control room, and there was a gentleman there that worked for Sundrop. The, the if you've had anything to do with the case, you've heard about the Sundrop. Oh right? yeah, we've right. we've, we've talked about Sundrop guy. Yeah, yeah. And so it was him, and he, you know, he said that he was on his way to work that morning, and a lot of people assume that he was driving a huge Sundrop truck, including me. He, <laughs> he he was not. He was in his personal vehicle, and so. Uh, he was on his way to Sundrop early in the morning, and he sees Asia walking down the side of the road. He sort of, he said in his mind, he's sort of in disbelief, you know, what's that small child doing on the road this time of morning? And so he went down to the pantry right there at Zion Church Road, and it was a pantry at that time. I don't know what it is now, some right. kind of little convenience store, yeah. and turned around and proceeded back up 18 at a slower pace and he said he came up and you know seen the little girl still walking sort of south on 18 and rolled his window down and then said hey do you need help and when he did she began to move down off the road she didn't really run he said but she wasn't letting grass grow under her feet either keeping you know, distance she was sure, yeah. just sort of moving down off the road and moving away from him and he was afraid you know he's sitting in 18 he's in his own personal car you know it's not like he's in a police car or anything else and and he's talking to a small child and he said you know i was afraid a somebody might come up and hit me in the rear end or b they might think that i'm trying to pick this little girl up right so he's a little nervous a little apprehensive so when she moved down off the road, he drove up to like Mole's Church, and or the there's one road above that, one road before you get to Mole's. Anyway, he drove up in up that way and and turned around, and he said when he came back down the road, she had disappeared. He didn't know where she went, 
you know, he knew the direction that she had went off the road, but he didn't see her. And he said he pulled his car over on the side of the road and sort of got out and looked, and but he didn't see her. And so his assumption was she must have known people that lived in those houses or been from some of those houses. And so he got back in his car and went on to work. And I asked him, I said, well, why didn't you call us in? He said, well, I didn't have a way to call it. He said, I didn't have a cell phone. He said, and I was already late for work. He said, you know, by, you know, turning around and taking his time up, you know, it sort of made himself late for work. And he said, you know, he just assumed, you know, we always want to think the, the, you know, that nothing bad has happened. And so he said, well, she was heading towards those houses. She probably lived there. And, or she was probably going there to meet the bus with somebody. And he said, that's what I wanted to believe in my mind. And that's what I did believe. And so he said, I went on to work. And he said, he didn't find out until later in the day that we had a missing child and that it was more than likely Asia that he's seen. And so he came up there to, you know, give a statement and he was very nice guy, very truthful. Uh, and that's how, Asia was actually spotted, you know, and, and we have to think about this pre cell phone days, you know, nowadays, you know, I'm watching this child walk down the road and you need to send somebody to me. Right. That didn't happen. <clears throat> Couldn't happen back then. Not for him. I'm, I'm glad you said that because the whole time we've did, you know, a couple of shows on this and the only thing we've ever heard was the sun drop driver. So we're racking our brains trying to figure out where this guy's turning this truck around. And then you say this and it makes so much more sense. Yeah, and it's a damn shame that I yeah. don't know that it could have been it could have ended right there. Yeah, Man. I mean he was just like every one of us. He's just the average Joe, you right. know. And, yeah. and he did the right thing, yeah. you know. In in you know, what if he had got out of the truck and tried to chase that little girl down, and, and somebody seen him, you know, they might be the wrong person. Pull up, just shoot him for that now. Right, and that's true. You know, I mean. Pretty, he was trying to do the right thing. It's pretty gutsy of him just to come and talk to you. I mean, because, hell, I mean, like you said, he could always been looked at sideways, you know, just because yeah. he was there. Well, I mean, I know that he was polygraphed. I know he passed a couple polygraphs. So, I mean, he was heavily investigated because of what he did. Right. Yeah. He was in the right. Yeah. Know, he was a good guy. He was a good citizen. Yeah, we'd reached out to him, and uh, he'd uh, messaged us back or emailed us back or something and said he doesn't know any, anything more, and he's told everything that he knows. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he wasn't interested. He wasn't interested in talking to us at all. Well, and I get that. You yeah. Have, you have to think, a lot of these people in the Asian degree, you know, there's probably been a lot of speculation over the years. Well, what if he did, you know. Right. I don't believe that. You know, if I, if I believed he was guilty of something, I'd, I'd tell you, but he's not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe truly in my heart he was just a good citizen doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, that's kind of what you know? we were thinking, but we were just like, you know, maybe he wanted to put on the record to tell his side, not just what he told you yeah. guys, you know. But <clears throat> but yeah. I totally understand if you don't want to dig it back up, you know, especially if you're, yeah. you're, done, yeah, you're done with say, it. I've I, I listened to y'all's podcast for almost a year. It took me a year before I decided to call in. Oh, wow. Wow. Yep. So, I mean, you got to think. It's just. It's so close to home. It's something that. (laughs) It's a case that haunts me. Oh, I'm sure. Mark, what about the the items found in uh, the little building behind Turner's upholstery? The the pencil. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're jumping a couple of days. We got to get you know, to get the Roy story in here. Okay, they supposedly saw him next, right, or saw her next. Yeah, I'm sorry, Roy Blanton and his son. Yeah, I had to back him up a little bit from finding those items because we still won the same morning. Supposedly later, Roy Blanton, Roy Blanton Jr. saw her, right? I have never. I mean, that would have been the investigative part of it. I actually worked with Roy. And, you know. Okay, so it was the same Roy that used to be a, a sheriff's department deputy. Yeah. I, I've heard that rumor, and I, like I said, I've never confirmed it. I never went and asked an investigator was Roy actually involved with the case. But just from my personal relationship with Roy Blanton, Roy Blanton was a very good man. Yeah. And it's my belief if Roy would have seen that child, 
he would have pulled over and probably t Roy could talk to people. Roy would have talked her into the truck and he probably would have took her and fed her breakfast or something and then <laughs> then took her home and helped her parents spank her, I know. <laughs> yeah. Roy was just a great guy and I loved him to death. So uh but no I never confirmed that. Okay. I, I've never talked to an investigator directly and asked that question. So I don't really know if Roy did see her or not. Yeah, okay. Well, we just heard several different places that Roy and his son, Roy Jr., had spotted her on the road that morning. While they were in a semi-truck. Yeah. Like yeah well, they, were, they were in a Roy truck. Retired, truck. Roy left the sheriff's office in about 1996, and this occurred, what, in 2000? Yeah. Yeah. So he'd been gone for about four years, and I know he drove a truck some after he left. So mm -hmm. it's very possible that that you know Roy did see something or knew something. Roy had a lot of contacts in neighborhoods, and it may have been Roy just give information. You know, it may have been that Roy relayed information to somebody else seen. Okay. And you know, things get twisted around when you're, you know, when you're not sitting there reading the actual reports that's wrote. You know, I don't have my reports to refer to for this, so I'm doing everything by my memory. Yeah. You know, it when you're an officer, well. and I used to I used to preach to all my, all my officers, you know, it's great what you've seen and it's great what you did, but if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. You mm -hmm. have to write it down and you have to write it correctly. And uh, so good advice. that's what you really go by. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if um, Roy would have said he saw her then you would pretty much take his word for it if you know he was that good a guy you, you believe he was that yeah he was a very upstanding citizen a great mm -hmm. officer okay roy might have been roy might have weighed 400 pounds but roy would give you the shirt off his back and do anything in the world yeah we, we remember when donnie and i used to work at the mall back in the 80s and yeah, he worked at uh, he worked at Putt Putt. Yes, so we would like you go go down to Putt Putt and hang out there in the mall cinema, and, and Roy was always around, and he was always really good to all his kids. And when she, he didn't have to be, because you know how you are when kids, but he would always come, and if he had a good piece of advice to give you, he would give it to you. So I was always often wondered if it was the same fella, because he was really good to me. Yeah, uh, like I said, if Roy would have had anything to do with. And Roy might have just volunteered to get information because Roy had so many contacts right. in the community. Very true. And, uh, okay, well, I was just trying to clear that up because while we had we were on this the same timeline anyway. Yeah. So now you can go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so what what pretty much happens after that? The next day after um, Asia's gone, what happens the day two in this saga? <sighs> day two, we spent numerous. Well, we spent at least a week just in that general area. I mean, literally, we went, we went, I know, at least probably three miles in each direction up 18, every field that connected up through there, and, and walked them hand-to-hand, -hand, doing, like I said, grid mm -hmm. searches. Uh, people would call in and say, well, there's an abandoned well, there's an abandoned house, you know, anything that people called in about. And, you know, you have to understand, there was so many people, you know, it had received national attention within 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it made national news. And there was so many people calling in. We had people, you know, I, I know I fielded a phone call, a psychic from like New York or something, you know, oh, you're going to find her here and here and here. We had to investigate all that. You know, we were overwhelmed for the first few days, you oh, know, trying cool. to get, trying to get those, those kind of calls, you know, get them out of the way. So everybody else could, you know, the investigators or whatever could actually do their jobs and, and do the real investigations. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was, it was very overwhelming for about a week at least. I mean, there was hundreds if not thousands of calls coming in were the search dogs used up 18 or down 18 toward turner's upholstery they were uh, was anything did they react to anything around there that you know of? well what you have to think of is you know I, I initially used the search dogs that morning you know and they tracked out but once you put 100 people in a field yeah yeah and you stir that field up, you know, 
what a, what a dog does is your skin is constantly shedding microorganisms off little skin cells. And that dog smells you by your skin cells. Well, we put 125, 150 people out there dropping skin cells everywhere. Yeah, it's just going to. You know, right you on. have a dog and you can have the greatest dog in the world. But if you put it, you know, if you put it in the middle of that kind of situation, what's it going to do? It's just I mean, overwhelmed, it, yeah. A, dog's, a dog is still just a tool. It's a limited tool. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, no. You know, there's there's nowadays dogs are specialized trained you know they have cadaver dogs now they have but we didn't have things like that back mm-hmm. then you know the dogs that we had were were specifically trained for track people you know and usually bad guys not really searching for a lost person uh, you know that's that's usually more of a bloodhound type dog we did bring some bloodhounds in and you know tried scent tracking but like I say, we had disturbed that scene so bad by that time. And you, you know, it's, it's a toss up. It's, it's, it's a decision that you have to make, you know, do you wait for a bloodhound two days to get here or do you search for a child that, that maybe, you know, yeah. fell in a well or broke her leg or something and laying in the woods. Yeah. You, search you for, always go to the, yeah. you know, the you, you take the lesser of the two eagles. You, you search for the child. Yeah. You search for the child. So, so getting back to my question, I was asking about the the articles that were found in the building behind Turner Upholstery. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard anything that those were confirmed to be Asia's items or were they just items that were left in the building by somebody else? Or Well, they speculate that they were Asia's. Mm-hmm. You know, they were things that she more than likely had in her book bag. But, you know, I don't know. I never, I never heard that her mother, Aisha, actually said, yes, that's hers or that's her pencil. I think it was like a pencil and some wrappers from candy, like her father had bought the night before or had given them the day before. Mm -hmm. It was things like that. So even if the parents did identify it, I mean, it's, it's still generalized stuff yeah. you know right. i don't know that i don't think that the turner people would have went out there and set it out there to get attention i don't believe that they're good people yeah and but you know it may just be it may be a coincidence and it may not you know asia may you know that was the direction that the sun drop driver seen her walking was towards those houses so you know asia may have been frightened by him and thought, well, I'll go up to this building here and I'll sit here for a few minutes. He'll leave. And while she's sitting there, she ate a couple pieces of candy, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we, we love to sit here and think about this and Monday night quarterback it, I call it, but (laughs) you know, in reality, you know, how do you pinpoint, you know, if you came to me today and said, you know, is this the candy wrappers that your child had? You know, it might be the same kind of candy that my child likes. Yeah. But how do you how do you pinpoint it to that? Right. Um, I don't. Me and Dale. Well, I brought the the theory to Dale that you know this being Turner's upholstery and some of those buildings were used to store furniture. Some of those some of that stuff could have been items that been that fell out of sofas and chairs and things. You know how stuff will yeah. fall down between your cushions and yeah um very well uh, and it could be the same you know if it's the same type of candy who would know yeah you know but like i said asia was heading towards those buildings that morning that yeah. was the direction of the sun drop driver cleaner yeah what, what got know. us is it being so far off the road that building you know from from 18 yeah. that's a pretty good hike up that hill to that driveway yeah behind that's, that building. That's what probably two or three hundred yards yeah, yeah. At least we walked it doing that video. It's a, yeah. it's a yeah. hike, <laughs> you know. But hey, she was a young child. That's that's not True. as hard for them as it would be for me or you. But yeah. like you said, if they if she was going towards the houses, it's right up above that. She could have circled around behind and not went up that driveway. Went through the back through the field. But that's still yep. a pretty good long ways. But it's yeah. it's possible for sure. Yeah, but we're we're still thinking at our age, not at a nine year old. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> you know, what's hard for us is not hard for them. So, Mark, at some point, she had to come back to Highway 18, and that's where she... she the other. That's the end of the road. Yeah. So, yeah. she got gone somewhere off of 18 right there then. Yeah. I mean, we want to sit around and talk about what happened and, and what we think happened. And in my honest opinion, I've always, always, always believed that Asia was in the right place at the wrong time hmm. i've always believed that there was some predator driving along and asia was a convenient target and you know if she was right on the edge of the road and they were quick enough to jump out of the car and grab her how long would it take them to throw her in the trunk yeah and drive off yeah, I just thought, you know, maybe, you know, the Sundrop driver, you know, her running from him. Uh, well, like I said, she'd run she from somebody exactly else. run from him. It was a quick walk from the way he described it to me. Yeah. You know, but, you know, what if a person came along that looked a little more familiar, a little more friendly? They said the right things. Very true. Or if it was two people in the car, one pull up, one jump you know, out and take the off. The Sundrop driver was probably... You know, hey, what are you doing? <clears throat> right, you know, your tone of voice carries a lot of weight with a with a child. You know, if a person, what if it was a female that come along? Yeah, uh, you know, a child that age is more than likely to walk to a female than they are a male. Very true. You know, I mean, if it would have been ladies said, "Hey, little girl, can I help you?" She would be much more apt to walk to that window. And say, no, I'm just going to a friend's house. But that time, she's too close. Right. You know, I mean, we we always sit here in our minds and want to think that, that every pervert under the sun is a male. But it's not always the case. And sometimes they travel in pairs. Very true. You know, I mean, you have to sit and think about these things. Uh you know, and then there's the speculation of the, I don't know how the sheriff's office came up with the description for the green car. And it was described as a 1970s, I think, Thunderbird. Is that correct? Yeah, or a Lincoln, one of the other. Yeah. Well, a real long Lincoln one. or Thunderbird. Yeah. And what I want to say about that is, is, and from my experiences in law enforcement, people don't get cars right. They get colors right, usually. So... What if it was a 1970s Chevrolet Impala? What right. if it was a Chevrolet Caprice? Who knows? The person that's seen it might not know cars, but they probably know colors. So when people are thinking about this, don't limit the way you're thinking to a Thunderbird. Don't limit it to a Lincoln. Limit it to 70s model cars green. You know, people, you know, the cars in those days were different. Oh, yeah. You know, they they were big boats. They were. And so when people are out there in podcast world and they were thinking, well, I seen somebody in, or somebody lived in my neighborhood that was a child molester or that I would be suspicious of, or they drove up and down 18 every day, but they didn't have a Lincoln or they didn't have a Thunderbird, but they drove a, a Chevrolet Impala. Well, that's close enough. <laughs> you know, right. Call in and say, hey, this this is the person that you should look at. I mean, that's not going to hurt. That's what, that's what I want to put out there. It might be the little details that we're thinking that law enforcement is thinking. You know, they're giving out a, a green Thunderbird or a Lincoln. If it was a green car that looked like a boat <laughs> and you're suspicious of them, call in. Call yeah. the sheriff's office. That's their job. They'll be more than happy to talk to you. You know, and it's it's your kind of show that could trigger that in someone's head. Yeah. That's why we keep doing this, Mark, to try to keep this out there. And maybe maybe it will trigger something in somebody's head. Because um, Dale and I get messages and emails all the time. Uh, we got one this week from a lady mm -hmm. that we're going to try to talk to um, that knew Asia and um, some other things that she'd revealed to us, but you know, we get stuff all the time. It's just, 
what do we want to what who do we want to interview and what do we want to do yeah you know and then who who will talk to us and who won't besides just you know the message yeah and i understand that the other thing is is you know if people would think you know it's it's not limited to shelby i mean what if somebody from gaffney drove to morganton every day yeah what if somebody from Morganton drove to Gaffney every day? I mean, you would travel Highway 18. Yeah, it's a long road, man. That's the people that we need to target. You know, don't think about just people. You know, and y'all's podcast is not limited to Shelby; it's it's limited to the world. Oh yeah, right. We're and that's what I think we need to think about. You know, I don't, and it's just always been a belief, a, a feeling. I don't know what it is. But like I when I say Asia was in the right place at the wrong time, if it was a person traveling through, you know, I'd like to think they were within 50 mile radius, you know, but mm-hmm. 50 miles, that's a lot of people yeah. to think about, so, you know, that's, that's hundreds of thousands of people. So talking about traveling to Morganton, traveling to Morganton was where they found the book bag up 18 in Burke County. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and so speaking of the book bag. Yeah, let's, let's talk know, about the book bag a little bit, yeah. The, the, the book bag itself, I do not know what's in the book bag. What's in the book bag is a secret the sheriff's office held, and it might be a good reason that they're holding it. And I realize y'all probably want you know to know what's in that book. A lot of people want to know what's in that book bag. But an investigation has to have its secrets. They have to have things that nobody else knows. Okay. And it could it could narrow down to one little item. I know they've released some, you know, they've told that some of the items in the book bag, but they've not told everything. Yeah. And so there may be that one little thing, that one oddball thing that they're holding to themselves so that when they interview the right person, they know that they're going to read the right person. Now, but then again, the person that took Asia might have drove up 18 that morning and thought, I'll put her book bag in these trash bags and I'll toss it out the window. And he may have never even opened it. Or she. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, they might have snatched it open, looked inside, said there's no money in here, it's nothing I need, and throwed it out the window. The other thing was a lot of people think the book bag was was buried. And from my understanding, talking to investigators that day, it was not really buried. It was like just in deep grass. You know, like if you throw something out and it lays there for a few months and the grass in the summertime grows over it. Kudzu. (laughs) You know, it it was several months later that it was found. Right. And I don't think it was actually buried, per se, maybe... The state had thrown grass over it when they were mowing it, and it may whatever. Have, may have been married, buried per out of sight, but not under dirt. Yeah, out of sight, but not actually under the ground. Right. Okay. You know. So and a lot of people had said, "Oh, it was buried." Right. No, it's not. <clears throat> well, that's what happens when you hear say, you know, everything gets taken out of context, and you don't really know, and then, and then the story yeah. gets told here several times. Like, right. And uh, so. That makes but I more pretty sense. much know that. I remember talking to the investigators that found it. They wouldn't tell me, and I'm not, and I'm not privileged to that information. They shouldn't tell me, right? Mm-hmm. Just because I'm an officer and work with them, you know, and I have the utmost confidence, including County Sheriff's Office, to solve this. They have good investigators. They have good people, but they need the right tips. Mm-hmm. They need the right people to come forward. Now it's been almost 24 years, so. You know, and what y'all are doing could get them that right tip. Yeah. It's that one little thing. You know, it's that one person sitting here tonight or or a night in the future listening to a podcast. And I said, you know, I, I live here in this neighborhood and there's a guy that drives a green car. And, and he used to work in Gaffney every day and he drove up and down 18 every day. Hmm. That That could be the guy. And he was just, you know. Yeah. It could ring that bell. And if that's that one guy, he'd probably never committed another crime in his life and never done anything else. They wouldn't have any record of him anywhere. Yeah. 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 I'd love to believe that Aisha's alive. I would love to believe that. Yeah. But statistics tell us otherwise. And if she's not alive, we still 
it that discovering where she's buried could tell us who done this. You know, there's a lot of things that we could discover from that. And, you know, I don't know how, what it takes, whatever it takes to solve this crime. You know, it's going to come from a tip. It's going to come from a citizen. It's going to come from a person. Look at Soupy Price, the case that went on for years. It was 30 plus years before they figured out who killed, what was it, Brenda? Brenda Sue Brown, Brenda, yeah. yeah. Brenda Sue Brown. And it came from a deathbed confession. Hmm. I mean, it, it, Asia Degree might take the same thing. But let's get that confession. Yeah. You know, if, if you know, if, if the person out there listening said, you know, my father told me he killed a little girl, it's time to call in. It's time to give him up. Even if he's dead, it's still time to tell. Yeah. Because we could, we could find her. We could return her to her parents. You know, it takes one phone call. The right one. Well, Mark, is there anything else you want to tell us about your thoughts on Asia degree? Anything that's, this haunted you said this has haunted you for years and it's been on your mind yeah well you know y'all brought it to the forefront in my mind you know it, it was y'all it wasn't you know i love listening to y'all's podcast and y'all keep bringing it up and and so finally it worked into my soul i said you know if i could do anything yeah if i could if i could talk for five minutes and spur a, a thought in someone's mind it's worth it you know, man. Yeah, it's a, y'all are y'all are doing the work. Y'all are doing a great job. Well, I love listening to you. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, very much. We really do. You know, uh, I've got a friend of mine that lives in Brunswick County, and he got to listening to it because of the Baldhead uh, Island murder. Yeah, Davina Buff Jones. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. We've, know, uh, I, I didn't know anything about her, but. When I listened to it, I mean, I've got a friend of mine that, he, from Shelby and lives in uh, in Brunswick County. And I said, you need to listen to this podcast. And boy, he called me back just blowing up. He said, I always heard there's a bunch of crooks with the law enforcement down here in the fire department. He yeah. knew that, that fire chief that y'all get mad about. He knew him personally. He said, I don't, he didn't like him either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those um, her sisters, um, Tanya and, and, tough and Beverly. Girls. Tough buff girls, yeah, they're. They're, they're yeah, pretty awesome I've gals. I listen to those episodes. They, they're, they're, they're a handful. Yeah, they're they very are. passionate, no doubt about yes, it. And I'm, uh, kudos to them because, I mean, they're they're doing the work to try to find out what happened to their sister, no doubt. Yeah, they ain't letting it go, yep. that's for sure. Mm-mm. But y'all are helping. Y'all are stirring it up, and that's what you got to do. Yeah. You know. Well, Mark, man, we, we certainly appreciate this opportunity to talk to you and get your insight on your thoughts on Asia Degree and, and clearing up some things because, you know, there were some things you told us that we didn't know about her case. Right. Yeah. And that's what it takes, like you well, said. in closing, I'd like to say, you know, the sheriff's office in Cleveland County, you know, I left there. That's still my boys. They're, I love them to death. Uh, they've got good people that work there. you got a great sheriff, Alan Norman. He's doing everything that he can to, to solve this, I promise you, because – like I said, it was Alan's shift. Alan's a, me and him have talked about this case and I know it, I know it truly bothers him too. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a case that he's passionate about and, and they will do what's necessary to solve it. If we could just give it, give them the right. It was going, right? Yeah. 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 I was really excited mm-hmm. about this when, uh, Donnie come to me and, and had, and uh, told me, you know, about you and what was going on. I'm like, first question was, so wait, how did this come about? And he told yeah. me that uh, you reached out to us, and I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm, I'm honored, you know." So thanks so much for for yeah. for doing that. I know it ain't easy, especially if it's bothered you like you say, and it's just going over in your mind hundreds of times. I'm sure. Yeah, well, like I say, it's been there's been several sleepless nights thinking about this case. I can promise you, over the years, you know, and I felt for the degree family. You know, they've been through it. That's it's. I couldn't imagine what they went through. Yeah, I told him I'd like to talk to him, but then again, do you really? I mean, I, I mean, how many times? If, I mean, I don't know. It just it seems like you just keep dragging it back up. I don't know, but you don't want to well, let it go. But then again, you don't want to. I don't know. I don't know. I'm conflicted there. Well, I believe in podcasts. You know, I listen to them. I, you know, 
there's been a lot of crime solved with podcasts yeah. nowadays. And there's a lot that's covered Asia Degrees case. I mean, there's been a lot of podcasts covered her case. Yeah, yeah. Y'all's is not the only podcast. You know, I yeah. I listened to uh, Crime Junkie, one of the podcasts, and, and they had an, an episode on it. Yeah, you know, they did. They didn't have the information that y'all have. Well, they can I be. Think y'all, I think y'all covered it a whole lot more. Well, crime checking can be number two to us then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no doubt about it. You know, I think y'all cornered the market on that issue, but I think it needs it. Yeah, we, we'll, yeah we're we're going to stick with it. Yeah. I mean, when we we can find somebody that'll talk to us and we can dig up something, you know, we'll we'll put an episode in when we can and try to keep it going. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I so that's what it needs. Yeah. People need to think about it. Well, Mark, man, we we certainly appreciate this a whole bunch. Yeah, thanks for your time, brother. I, I appreciate y'all having me on the show. All right. You have a good night, man. Thanks a lot, brother. All right. I'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Dale. Again, we want to thank Mark Davis for being on the show, agreeing yeah. to doing this for us. Man, yeah. he's just How well, cool is that, man? wealth of knowledge and appreciate his service to Cleveland County Law Enforcement. Very much so. Everything he done. Sound like he done everything he could and done all the right. I mean, I mean, listen. Yeah. What else could he have done? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm not in law enforcement. I'm just sitting behind a microphone. But. But for more, we're sitting. Damn good job, sir. Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? It's just you covered all your bases. Yeah, we really appreciate you, Mark. Thanks so much for uh, reaching out and coming on and telling us some stuff we did not know. Yeah. And that's just a little more we can add to to our file of stuff we know now. And we're going to keep this theme going with Asia Degree and things that we can do for her. Anytime we get something we can put out, we're going to do it. That's right. Keep her story going. we got to find it. Because um, like Mark said, all it takes is that one little thing for somebody to, to remember or to know and call something in. Yeah. And it solved this case. That's right. Find some justice. Find that little girl. And that's what it's all about. Yep. All right, dude. We're going to get out of here, man. All right, buddy. Let's roll. We want everyone to be safe. Please be careful and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is The Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.